Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you happy to be in the house of God this morning? I'm in a place where miracles happen. I'm in a room where souls are saved. I'm in a sanctuary where prayers are answered. You can have healing. You can have deliverance. Salvation can come to you because Jesus is here today. Hallelujah! 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 I like what I feel in the house of God this morning. I don't want to wait. I want to get right into the meat of the manna. I believe the Lord has a word for this church. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, chapter 12 and verse number 1. Now while you're turning, let me say a special thank you to each and every one of you for being here. You're part of the kingdom of God. With every hand clap, with every hallelujah, with every note you sing and every prayer you pray, you're pushing hell back and you're pushing the kingdom forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I also don't want to fail to give honor where honor is due. As a full-time traveler, I can do what I do here because you have a shepherd who is ministering here every week. So before I read my text, I want to honor the ministry of your pastor, Brother Bradley. Brother Norwalk is blessed to have you. Amen. Amen. Two scripture texts this morning. First, Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1. When you're there, say amen. Familiar text. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. There was some stuff he had to get away from to serve God. Praise the Lord. Unto a land that I will show thee, he says. Now watch this here in verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And if you were counting there in verses 2 and 3, God just rolled out a sevenfold promise to Abraham. Because when God gives you a promise, He doesn't just give you one sentence. Just as the fishes and the loaves are multiplied in the hands of Jesus, so the promises of God are multiplied upon you. He wants to grow that seed of faith inside of you. He wants to multiply that miracle atmosphere here in the house of God this morning. There is a multiplication of the outpouring of God for someone here. Hallelujah. 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 Feel the Holy Ghost here. And now verse 2. Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was, say, 75. Abraham was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. Now skip over to chapter 21 and verse 5. And here, very simple scripture. And Abraham was, repeat after me, a hundred. 
and hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Now, once upon a time, I had a college degree in science. But you don't have to have a degree in science to do that math problem. It's an easy math problem. He was 75 when he arrived in the promised territory. He was 100 when he received the promise. And so here is the confusing part. Why the 25 years in between? Why didn't he receive the fulfillment of that promise immediately when he arrived at the promised land? And so I'm going to title this message in the form of a question. And that question is, what hinders the birth of your Isaac? What hinders the birth of your Isaac? There is an answer to that question. Lord, we're thankful for your people. We're thankful for your church. I ask you to flow in this place. I ask you for your perfect will to be accomplished, Lord God. We want the Holy Ghost to move and flow. We want revival to spring out and break forth in this community. We want it to start here, Lord God. We want you to have the freedom to work your perfect work. Let us be willing vessels of the kingdom today. God, we receive you. God, we receive your plan. We give you all the glory Jesus for what you're about to do and the church says in Jesus name amen clap your hands to the Lord as you are seated in the house of God Abraham had a promise of God and Abraham never left the belief of that promise Though many years passed through the course of his life, though he took long journeyings from place to place, he did not waver. He did not doubt. In fact, Scripture records that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. His belief changed his identity. Your belief is powerful. It can change who you are. Your belief can affect the course of your family after you. I believe, and God can work in me. I believe, and God can bless my children. I believe, and God can change my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe. He did not doubt or waver. He was faithful to God. He was even called the friend of God. So why did God hold back this promise from his friend? Was God, in fact, the one who was holding back the fulfillment of the promise? What actually hindered the birth of Isaac? What hindered the fulfillment of that promise? The answer is threefold. The first part of the answer is found two verses before my opening text. I read you Genesis 12 and 1. Go two verses back to Genesis chapter 11 and verse number 31. Before that statement about how God had spoken unto Abraham to get out of his country, we read here, And Terah, Abram's father, took Abram his son, Lot, Sarai, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. But they didn't make it. I'll explain later. But look firstly at that statement to start out with. Terah took Abram and all these people. Terah was Abram's father. And so I ask you, did God tell Terah to leave Ur? Or did God tell Abraham? 
Abraham, right? And so when Terah was the one who took his family, what Abraham did, the first thing that hindered the fulfillment was Abraham turned over control of God's promise to someone who was not a believer and a recipient of God's promise. And there is danger in this. You see, I got to get away from hell's drill sergeants. I got to get away from the false bosses of sin and interlopers and usurpers who would try and take control of God's miracles and fulfillment. I got to get away from Laban, Jacob. I got to get away from the place that is hindering me. I got to get out from all people in my entourage who are holding me back and trying to control the outpouring of God in your life. If God is with you, you got to make the break. You got to get away from those sinful voices. I'm going to go to Canaan. I'm going to make my start. I will step out by faith. Hallelujah. I'm just going to get plain here in the house of God. There are some folks you might have to remove from your social media. There are some folks you might have to block or delete or untweet or something. There are people whose voices are hindering you. They are Labans. They are Terras. And they have got to go. The promise is bigger than those voices around me. I got to hear from heaven. I got to heed the word of God. I want to follow your will. Hallelujah. 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 God is speaking in the house of God. He's trying to bring you into that territory of fulfilled promises. The first thing that held back Abraham was he gave over control of God's promise. So in the name of Jesus, we're going to hold fast to our seed of faith. The second thing is very similar. Same verse here. They went to go into the land of Canaan and came into this place called Haran, H-A-R-A-N, Haran. And Haran, if you look on a map, Ur of the Chaldees and Haran and Canaan make a triangle. If you follow along the traveling routes, Haran was the halfway point in the trade routes between Ur and Canaan. It was the halfway point. And Terah, he was okay to leave Ur of the Chaldees. He was okay to have deliverance from some old things in his life. But once you get about halfway, there's a certain crowd of people who are uncomfortable going as far as you are supposed to go. They want to stick you in this muddled middle of Haran, this halfway point. But no matter what my friends decide, no matter how discouraged my peers might get, I I don't want to lose years of time in Heron. I don't want to stay in the halfway point between where I left and where I'm supposed to be. I want to go all the way. I want total, complete, 100% fulfillment of God in my life. I want everything the Holy Ghost has for me. I want you to pour out your oil in my household. I want to receive my blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
we're not 100% on this one, but we think that Abraham lost about 20 to 30 years just in Haran before he ever left. So he was probably between about 45 and 55 when he first left Ur. So he lost some years there too. But he did make that start. The day did come when he left Terah and everyone behind. And he said, I will be a recipient of the promise of God, a father of many nations. He made his journey start. And he arrived. And so now we come to the third point. He's left his family behind. He's left Haran, that middle point behind. So why now didn't he receive that promise when he first arrived? The answer is very small, very nuanced. I blew past it in my opening text. In Genesis 12 and 1, I quoted you. Now the Lord had said, past tense, God had already told Abraham, past tense, get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, await. Did he do that one? Actually, no. You read on down to verse 4, you're going to read that one of his kindred came with him, a man named Lot. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. The final answer to what hinders the birth of your Isaac is the presence of Lot. Lot was not a man like Abraham. Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom, and one chapter later was living there. Lot was drawn away by the things of sin. And how was he so? You see, Lot was not unrighteous. In fact, I didn't give you this verse, but in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7, Lot is called just. He is a just man with a righteous soul. He was not a sinner. He was not an idol worshiper. He was a just man, and he was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. But he never left them. Why? How could he be vexed in his righteous soul and yet stay in Sodom? This is a character flaw of Lot's. They are drawn by the bling-bling of Babylon. And why? It's because there's something Abraham did that Lot never did. Abraham built altars. And there's just something about an altar that when you are kneeling in that place of prayer, when it's just you and God alone in conversation, this world just drifts away. Whoever I have been, God begins to make me and mold me and scrape off that crud of sin and filthiness of this world. God begins to transform my life. When I'm on my knees in prayer, I am changed. I become a new creation. I can't be like a lot. I've got to build an altar. I've got to find that communication up on high. I've got to speak to my maker. I want to be like Abraham. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I build an altar, I can hear from God. I won't be drawn away by the things of this world. Now, Abraham, he had Lot with him for many years, but the time came when Lot did depart. But Lot, even though he and Abraham split the blanket, even though they departed one from the other, he still didn't receive Isaac until a few chapters later 
when Abraham was 99 years old, God appears to him in chapter 17. And wouldn't you know it, the very next chapter, God tells Abraham, I'm going to deal with Lot in Sodom. Until Lot in Sodom was dealt with in chapter 19, Isaac wasn't born in chapter 21. The last vestige of that issue, it has to be addressed. I can't give a corner to the enemy in my life. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Sin, yes, besets us, but the first thing mentioned is weights. Weights are slowing me down. They are blocking my progress. They are making me run slower than what God is calling me to run. He wants you to be a sprinter in the Holy Ghost. He wants you to run that marathon for him with pride. You want to make your father proud. I got to shrug off the weights of this world. I got to take away all those false bosses, all the terrors. I can't get stuck in muddled middles of Heron. And I got to get away from the lots. I got to remove those voices holding me back. I want to march on. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I believe this day is a day of deliverance for some soul in the house of God. This is your service of freedom. No more years lost to the enemy. No more time eaten up by sin. You really can be free. You really can have God working in you. You really can receive the promise. I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm going to receive the miraculous. God, you got miracles in store for me and I want to go hallelujah 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 the Holy Ghost is working in here right now I want to hurry along there was this famous story in Genesis 12 where Abraham goes down to Egypt and he says of Sarah his wife she is my sister he kind of lies he shades the truth just a little bit. He fibs, he fudges, he lies. Abraham is in the land of Egypt. Father of many nations, seed as the sands of the sea, recipient of God's promise, but he makes a sin. But God does not write him off. And God does rescue him. God will always rescue you from things that will surprise you. He does not cross your name out. He doesn't want to write you off. He wants to write you in to the Lamb's book of life. I believe that this morning. But in this, in this story of Abraham in Egypt, there's one question I have never heard any other preacher address. When Abraham went down to Egypt and lied about Sarah, where was Lot during all that? Genesis 13 and 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him. Oh, Lot was in Egypt too. Didn't mention him in the previous chapter, did it now? What was he doing? I wonder. Later on in Abraham's life, Abraham gets out of God's will and births this son named Ishmael. Recall that? And Ishmael's mother, Hagar, was an Egyptian slave. I wonder if he picked her up in Egypt. I wonder if Abraham picked up Hagar, an Egyptian slave, when he went down to Egypt. And I wonder, was it Abraham's idea to go to Egypt? 
or was it Lot's? Scripture doesn't tell us one way or the other. I just know that Lot was with him, and he went down to Egypt. I bet he was thinking, I've got Lot and all these people, and there's a famine, so i got to take care of all these folks. i got to take them to that place. You know, people will talk you into decisions that you would never normally choose if it's just you and God. You want to know why God is calling you to get along with him, to shrug off all these extras in your life. It's because he's calling you to become like Abraham and Sarah. He wants you to receive your promise. And all this other stuff is weighing us down. I want it to be just you and I, Lord. I want to make the journey. I don't want to get drawn into Egypt. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ishmael happened because of Hagar. Hagar happened because of Egypt. And it's possible that Egypt happened because of Lot. This is the long line of dominoes that that we can't see with eyes of flesh. How our decisions will birth future decisions. I can't see that. But God does. We see through a glass darkly. It's not going to make sense to us. It's not going to fit into our logical, reasonable box. We're not going to comprehend it but I've got to accept it even when I don't understand even if it doesn't make sense in that plan I still want to follow not my will but thine be done Lord Jesus I don't have to see it God can see farther than I can I believe he is helping us around obstacles I believe he is steering you around dangers God is protecting you God is working on your behalf There is freedom coming to you! Hallelujah! 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 Two more things quickly. Abraham prayed for almost a half chapter of chapter 18 of Genesis. Two times. Abraham prayed for Lot. Abraham prayed in all of chapter 18 of Genesis for Lot. He intercedes. Will you destroy Sodom for 50 righteous? 45. 40 righteous. 35. 30 righteous. Gets all the way down to 10. Abraham becomes a prize-winning intercessor in God in Genesis chapter 18, attempting to intercede for Lot and his family. Abraham prayed for Lot in chapter 18. Chapter 19 in verse 27. If you put that up, Abraham got up early in the morning when the sun rose to the place where he stood before the Lord. He had a regular place of morning prayer, Abraham did. Good principle there. What does he do? He is looking over all the cities of the plain and praying for Lot and his family's safety. Here, Abraham intercedes and prays for Lot in chapter 19. In chapter 18, for 10 or 20 verses, Abraham intercedes for Lot. Twice, Abraham prays for Lot. Now find me one verse where Abraham ever prays for a son in the whole book of Genesis. It's not there, is it? You don't find that in Scripture. You can't find me one verse, I think, in the book of Genesis where Abraham ever calls out to God and asks for a son through Sarah. Why? 
because this is what lots do to you. They kill your prayer life. The time when you're supposed to be seeking God for that fulfillment. Instead, you have hours and days and years taken up on the merry-go-round of crazy from lot. You know, just because somebody has a circus don't mean I have to ride the elephants and play with the monkeys. Just because they got crazy going on don't mean I have to have crazy in my life. You can be delivered. You can be free. God can give you a different life. You can chart a new course in the Lord. I can follow that pillar of cloud by day. I can be led by the Spirit. I want to have God speak to me. And what am I preaching to you? I am preaching that when you finally have deliverance from your lot, your prayer life is about to change. The windows of heaven are about to open up to you. You're about to hear from the Lord in a brand new way. But I've got to address the issue. i got to get the hindrance out of me. i got to let the Lord work in my life. God, I want your hands on this. God, I need your hands. Help! I need you to repair! Yeah. Hallelujah! 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 I believe the Holy Ghost is working right now. Preacher, how do I do it? What do I do? There's a principle here. When God wanted to work in that promise, He told Abraham to offer Isaac his promise on the altar. And here's the principle. When God told Abraham to put Isaac on the altar, anything that is on the altar belongs to God. So when he put Isaac on the altar, Isaac now belonged to God. Abraham was willing to put Isaac on the altar. But you never read him do that about Lot. He was willing for God to orchestrate everything about the promise. But he still wanted to control that last thorny issue. That thistle. That nagging prayer request he had had for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. He thought, if I just do this, if I just go on the mountain, intercede in the morning, if I just spend time interceding for Sodom, God will even spare it. Abraham had his hands all over it, so much so that God couldn't put his hands on that issue. And what the Lord is calling on you to do is to do what Abraham did not do with Lot, to put your lot on the altar, to let go of that last hindrance, to place it in the hands of God, to release it in the name of Jesus. God's hands can do more than I can. And when you do, there is about to be a stirring in the spirit. When you let go of that last hindrance, there's about to be an open door in front of you. There is a birth that is coming. Isaac is on his way. Stand with me right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As the music plays, I'm going to ask for a special altar call this morning. I know it is Sunday morning, but I believe there are people in this house who have carried things on your back for too long. 
There are things that you have allowed to be weights and to slow us down. How do you know, preacher? Because I have. I have been someone who allowed a lot to hinder eight or nine years of my life. And there came the day when I made the break. There came the day when God gave me deliverance. And if God could give me, he can also give to you deliverance. And when you do, here's the final promise. Genesis 25 and 7. The final promise. That when you allow the Lord to work in that issue. These are the days of the years of Abraham's life. Which he lived in 100, 3 score and 15. Say 175. 175. Now everything I know about biology says this is impossible. And yet here it is in scripture. So I'm not going to tell you what to believe. I'm going to tell you what I personally believe. I believe that on the day when Abraham received Isaac, he was a hundred years old. His body was given out. He was out of time. And I believe God looked down at Abraham and began to add years to his life. The years that he had waited the years that he had believed, the years that he had prayed, the years he had lived a life of righteousness, never questioning or doubting. I believe God added time to Abraham's life because of faithfulness. When Moses lost 40 years on the backside of the desert, keeping the sheep for Jethro, his father-in-law, when Moses was on the run for 40 years from Pharaoh, after those 40 years, he saw the burning bush. And at that time, how many years did God add back to Moses' life? Forty more, right? The exact number of years he lost as an outlaw, he regained as the shepherd of God's people. You know what I'm preaching to you? I'm preaching Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. The years we thought were consumed by the enemy. God wants to restore to you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I want that. Jesus. I want that for each and every one of you. And so on this morning, here is my request. As many of you as can to come to the altar and begin to make that break. To press in. To step out from the chairs, if you will. If it gets crowded up here, build an altar where you're at. Take however much time you have to take. Let this be the day when you receive the restoration of God. Let this be the day when you receive freedom from that weight of sin. No more lost time. No more debilitating years of wandering. No more questioning. No more pain and problem. I'm getting off the crazy train today. I'm getting out of that muddled middle of Heron today. I'm letting go of the terror, and I'm getting away from Lot. No more hindrance. No more holdback. No more weight. God has a plan for you. God wants to restore you. God wants to fulfill His Word to you. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.